Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Hey there, remember me? Songwriter guy, podcaster, interviews other songwriters with regularity on his Songs and Stories podcast, and then he suddenly goes away for three months. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is the Songs and Stories podcast. You are in the right place. Thank you for joining me and us today. I've missed you. I haven't done one of these in a while. I got busy with, well, something called making a record, which took up all of my spare time the last uh, six months or so. But uh, it's done, done, done. It's called Starlight Drive-In Saturday Night, and you can hear it on my website at michaelgaither.com or pick up a copy. You can also hear it locally on KPIG Radio. They've added a couple of songs to their playlist from the CD. You can also hear it up on KVMR at kvmr.org or at 88.1 if you're in Nevada City, California. And as we speak, it's slowly making its way out into the hands of very wonderful DJs everywhere on the web and terrestrial stations everywhere. It'll be up on iTunes in a couple of weeks, too. So if you're curious about what I'm up to and what I, where I've been the last several months, go to michaelgaither.com and click on the, the really cool photo of a drive-in you'll see on your right-hand side. But today we're doing a podcast. We're going to get back and do these with regularity. Today we're going to be talking to somebody who's an old friend of songs and stories. I don't mean he's old. I just mean he's been on here several times. We're going to be talking with Chris Key, who you might recognize as a member of the band Houston Jones. Chris has been on the show two, three times, I believe, in different incarnations of Houston Jones. He's their their main songwriter. He plays stand-up bass. He plays cello. He plays guitar. He's a great singer. He's just an all-around wonderful musician and just a really, really nice guy. And he's just fun to hang out with and visit with. Um, his new project is a band, a trio, called Springhouse, which he formed with his wife, Jane Selke, and their friend, David Phillips, who plays pedal still and dobro. They have a new album out called Colville, and they were in town, uh, not recently, but uh, within this year before my podcast went on hiatus. And we hung out sort of backstage behind the building at K-Pig Radio in Freedom, California. They were there doing a live live music show to promote a couple of gigs they had in the area, and so we, we hung out and talked and visited. And uh, this this project I really like, and I think I'll let the music speak for itself, but, um, and I think I probably mentioned this in the interview, but the thing I like about this is if you've heard Houston Jones, it's a big band with a lot of great, serious players, you know, you know, Glenn Houston and Travis and, and all the guys in the band. Uh, this is more of a sparse acoustic trio, and I think what I said in the interview with Chris is I like the fact that you could really hear the subtlety of his playing. It's a different kind of mood. And uh, I really, really like this record. It's just a nice piece of music to listen to. It was done by Cookie Marenko. They recorded the whole thing live, and Cookie's been on this, this podcast before as well. So what I'm going to do is let you hear a couple of tracks off this record. First, we'll hear, as I nonchalantly click over to the back of this, let's hear Three Crow Town. That's actually a song you might have heard Houston Jones do, and Springhouse with Chris Key here does it in a real kind of subdued version. We'll hear that, and then we'll hear a little bit of a song called In Love Before the Last Call, and then we'll talk to these three fine people behind the stage, behind the, behind the building at KPIG Radio. 
One quick thing, if you're new to songs and stories, you can find out all about this episode and um, some related things that we'll talk about by going to michaelgather.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-A-I-T-H-E-R.com. Look for the first blog uh, at the top of that page or click on the podcast link and you'll hear, um, well, you'll hear, you won't hear anything because you'll just be clicking on stuff. <laughs> you'll see some, some, a summary of this episode along with some links to the other interviews with Chris. So I'll put an interview to Cookie Marenko that I did and some other things they did, as well as a link back to Houston Jones so you can hear about the other band that Chris is in. So with that in mind, let's hear the band and then we'll talk to them. Again, this is a little bit of Three Crow Town and a little bit of In Love Before the Last Call. And then we'll talk with Springhouse behind the main building at KPIG Radio in Freedom, California. Virginia burned down the orchard in that three-crow town west of Topeka north of Salina a mile from the very end ground there is no
she lit a smoke and held it so. She ordered a gin, she sipped it slow, and as her cheeks began to glow, her eyes grew bolder. She might work. Look at that. So cute. Pointed at Chris. Okay. <laughs> Everybody. So welcome to or welcome back to Watsonville. And my first thought is you again. You've been on the show more than anybody else. <laughs> Repeat offender. Yeah. But it's good to have you. Well, thanks, Michael. We, we, we talked to I talked to you and Travis a few years ago, I think, when you came down to the house. Right. We did the when Calico Heart came out. Yeah. Yep. We were down there, and then it was. I think in the spacious studios of K-Pig, you talked to us. Yeah, right over there, the whole band. And then, maybe we'll cut this, I'm not sure we're going to do like a whole thing. I don't know, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll just cut it together. But okay. uh, we talked about doing a Houston Jones interview, and then you, you kept moving north. You went from o Oakland to Sonora, and and then you're moving up to Oregon. And I said, we better get together, because next time I talk, you'll be up in Vancouver or something. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, the Yukon Territory, I think that's the next stop, yeah. yeah. We have land in Canada. Yeah, See, <laughs> it's for sale. Nice agricultural land. If anyone's interested in doing some organic farming, it's uh, a little nice. self cheap. So it's good to meet. Let's talk about let's talk about Springhouse first. We'll just Springhouse. Uh, Springhouse is me, Chris Key, Jane Selke, my wife, and David Phillips, uh, pedal steel uh, slide guitar player extraordinaire. Uh, and um, it's kind of hard to describe what what we are really. I mean. Well what happened was Chris and I met in the 90s mm -hmm. in my band Me Jane. Mm -hmm. He became he was the bass player and um, and we fell in love and got married and mm -hmm. but after some years with Me Jane I quit doing music for mm. 10 years mm -hmm. and um, just took a break or just wanted to do something different. I couldn't perform. 
Mm. I couldn't stand to be in front of people. It's not a problem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so, you know, we wanted to do something musical together. Mm -hmm. And so we thought it would be great, us and David. Mm -hmm. We had already been working with David in Magic City Chamber of Commerce, which is a great band with us and um, Eric Pearson of the Crooked Jades. Oh, nice. I and love that band. Yeah. Eric is really a multi-instrumentalist, composer, um, gifted. And his wife, Sonia Hunter, who's a gifted singer-songwriter, and then Peter Tucker of Peter the, McGee Tucker of the Houston Jones. Peter's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just ask him. <laughs> he'll, he'll tell you. No, in fact, when, when the band came down for our Carlita series yes. last month, and they all drove down, at the end, you know, Peter stayed. And he goes, "You guys want any help?" He was the first one there, and I go, where are you going back to? He goes, Alameda. I go, go, stay on the road. But he was so sweet. That he was just so like, Peter, can I help yeah. you carry anything? And yeah, heart as big as the world, that yeah. boy. Anyway, yeah. So, yeah, so this is um, the, it, for me, the Springhouse thing is an opportunity to play, as I think I said to you, to sort of color outside the lines a little bit. To, yeah, the, yeah. The, the music, I mean, I, it's, it's all. It's mostly Jane's and my original material, but I think the thing that does make it special, and David will blush when I say this, is is the is having David, uh, what he brings. He's to pitching it. his cheeks so he blushes. <laughs> so he can blush. It'll show up on radio. Yeah. Um, no, D David is. Uh, David started playing pedal steel guitar. I think, so, if this is correct, so that he could sound like King Crimson, and mm -hmm. so it. So he he brings. There's an atmospheric quality to what we do mm -hmm. that um, is, I think, largely attributable to what David brings to the band. And the, the songs in themselves have that sort of mysterious, a lot of them have a mysterious kind of evocative quality to mm -hmm. them. But it's really, uh, it, David. what David brings to it, it gives it a, a, a capaciousness, you know, a, a spatial quality, I think, that um, is kind of what makes what we do distinctive, I think. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. I liked it because I'm used to hearing you with Houston Jones, who we all love and adore, but it's a much bigger sound. This is a lot more sparse and kind of yeah. focused. And Houston Jones is big and virile. Yeah. I love it. All that testosterone running loose. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had to balance that out. But, uh, and we like playing together. We just, we are good friends. Mm -hmm. You guys have known each other for... 25 years? Wow. 20 years. Yes. Yes. And I was in a band called the Potato Eaters at the time, and Jane came over and borrowed our guitar player. Mm -hmm. Michael playing Ross. Me, Jane. Mm -hmm. And that's when I met Jane, and I became a huge fan at this point. Mm okay. I had been lobbying through this whole 10 year period where she wasn't performing mm -hmm. that we do something together. Mm -hmm. And Chris and I knew each other right before that period. Yeah. And so. I just find their their songwriting and singing to be exquisite and very unique. Yeah. And so I've been clamoring to do something with them for years. Nice. So. Just here, here I thought it was my idea. <laughs> you know, we love playing. You were just sucked in. You just, uh, yeah, yeah. It's the coolest thing to play music that is really stimulating, that you really like, that is really personal. Mm -hmm. 
with people that you love. Sure, absolutely. And totally get along with and have a yeah. great time with. Yeah, because some bands can probably be a little bit of work, and if it's just people that you, you love playing with and you're just having a good time. And, That's mm -hmm. absolutely right. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there, there's zero drama in this band, which mm -hmm. is really so That's far. boring. So so far, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So there's gonna be no behind the music episode ever. <laughs> God, I'm dating myself with that too. Um, <laughs> What's he talking about? Yeah, <laughs> he's old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and for me, that as first listen to uh, being obvious. I mean, I'm not just uh, being a, a fan of your work. Hearing hearing your 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 cello and bass stand out a lot more too. Yeah, that's yeah. well. That's it was it's like, so that's oh, this sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Well, some of that is. I mean, thank you for that. Uh, I will give credit where credit is due on that too. We recorded this with Cookie Marenko, who oh, you okay. know Michael. And She's been on this show a couple of times. Yeah, okay. yeah, we, I did a, yeah, I did a two part thing with her about a year ago. Oh, how cool! Ah. Or two years. I don't know. It's fuzzy. Mm. But we talked. Yes. Yeah, well, her and her thing is the uh, what what she sets her apart from the pack. Uh, it's a way of recording acoustic music um, very simply mm -hmm. uh, with preposterously expensive microphones right. and preposterously expensive preamps to make the instruments sound the way the instruments sound and mm -hmm. to really get intimate performances. And so that's how we recorded this CD. It was all at, at Cookies. Uh, oh, no, head, okay. no headphones, no overdubs. No overdubs, uh, um, and uh, a lot of ambient room sound. Mm -hmm. So the 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 instruments are inhabiting their own sonic space in a way they sometimes don't in uh, you know a pro tools pro tools right. environment right. or something like that. Um, so uh, and as you say, the arrangements are pretty sparse. I mean, there, a lot of them are just Jane and me mm -hmm. and uh, just the two of us playing together in yeah. the room. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting to have the the, the songs that uh, we have performed with Houston Jones for a while um, to do them in a different yeah uh, different version, and um, they're I think they're truer to the my original sense of the song, mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the song should be. But that right. was my you know the songwriter's original conception. Well, probably when you're writing a song on your usually guitar, you know, or whatever you play, that's you you kind of probably envision it kind of sparse depending on what kind of song you're writing if you're writing for a big rock band you probably don't but if you're writing on guitar it's really heavy lyric based that you probably picture it a little sparser when it comes out that's true and and when uh, particularly the song well the three crow town which is on i was going to ask you about yeah. that so it's a great I, I don't even need segues just go ahead <laughs> just keep talking just keep talking well that song i uh, wasn't in houston jones yet when i wrote that song so that so oh, the okay. uh so the uh, conception even of though it was, was a title track <laughs> right and ended up being a title track on one of the houston jones records but yeah. my concept of that song was kind of the way we're doing it now was a, a very Contemplative, meditative, yeah. uh, sort of thing, and real and poignant, um, which the, which I hope it is. And, and I think and if you put a, a big band behind a song, you might as well have a band like Houston Jones. Yeah, well, right, right. But if they, you're going to strip it down to like what you were thinking originally, this is a good. And can you talk about that story and who sang it on the record? Because we had a quick email exchange about that. Yeah, the the uh, I wrote that song. Uh, Jane and I were were driving across country um, and. We stopped in um, the town of Longford, Kansas, where Jane's mom grew up, and uh, Hugh and Mary Emmerich, who were Jane's grandparents, uh, had an orchard there, and uh, they had actually retired there. They had a farm 
My granddad had worked all his life for the phone company, and when mm -hmm. he retired, he got to be a farmer, which is what he really wanted. Mm -hmm. So they had, I don't know how much acreage they had, but they had all con different kinds of apple orchards, cherries, peaches, that melons, they grew corn, and uh, this was all this great food, and we'd go in the summer. Mm. Yeah. So, so we went to visit the town, and uh, the uh, Jane's um, grandparents have passed away, and are 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 both of them buried there? Um, we called them Momo and Popo, mm -hmm. and Popo is is buried actually a mile from the center of of Longford, which is just like one street. Mm -hmm. And Momo, her ashes, some of them are um, with Popo, mm -hmm. and some of them are with my mom in an old, overgrown abandoned apple orchard in Susanville. Oh, okay. I've been mm -hmm. in Susanville. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so we, uh, Jane, we went to the, the house, mm -hmm. and uh, Jane went and knocked on the door, and uh, there... All the, these people? <laughs> these mm. people, you know, had said, I'm uh, you and Mary Emmerich's granddaughter, and I used to come to this house every summer. And uh, so they showed us around a little bit. It was no, but first they were looking at us like, oh my God, another one. <laughs> this house, for some reason, this house was like a pole star to all these people. In, huh. in the extended family, and all these people still go there apparently, yeah. and want to take pictures on the porch and stuff. And the family that lived there is like, uh, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> so they were kind of annoyed. It's ours now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, I didn't, I hadn't heard that part of the story because mm -hmm. I was waiting in the car, and Jane came oh, back yeah. and got me, and they were, yeah. they were all sweetness and light by the time mm -hmm. we got up there. Right. But in any event, we, uh, we cruised around town and we were on our way back to the um, to the hotel where we were staying and the song I think I had the lick that that yeah. guitar lick but uh, the lyrics pretty much came to me fully formed in the car on the way back to the hotel and I had scribbled wow. them down on a pad of paper by the telephone and uh, you know, the little thing it's just Best Western by the, mm -hmm. by the phone there and I wrote them and I actually still have that I wow. have that I have that uh the, the pad of paper. It's a good example of write everything down. <laughs> yep, that's know. exactly right. In your yeah. case, it came fully formed. It sounds like pretty much. I mean, I was looking. I was looking at the original. Yeah, I mean, at least the framework and like what you wanted to say. Ninety-nine percent of it. I mean, there was most of it was was uh, came at that one shot. Now, yeah. do you write like that? Do you have just like shit just come to you all you like that, and you have to take it down? Um, it doesn't come fully formed like that. Uh, I'll get lyric snippets. I'll get. I usually write from titles or ideas. Mm -hmm. If I just think of a good phrase, basically I'm kind of, I always keep a notepad with me mm -hmm. and I just write everything down. Mm -hmm. I don't get a lot of song dumps like that. It's mm -hmm. happened a few times, but not a lot. Yeah, that, the usually just hears stuff in his head. He just hears like, the, he can hear the whole thing. Yeah, it's usually just a head. boatload of work, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that was unusual. I mean, that, that was... But it's happened before where it's like, oh, I want to say this and this is where I, I think for me... This is where the interview turns around. Yeah. If I know, because I used to write jokes a long time when I was doing stand-up. Oh. Um, I always think of the, the, the end of a song as a punchline for a lot mm -hmm. of songs. So if I know where it's going to end up, mm -hmm. what the last line's going to be, or kind of what I want, I can usually backfill it. That's smart. Yeah. So I try to think that way. If mm -hmm. I don't know where a song's going, that's when it takes me like a year to like figure mm -hmm. out what the hell am I doing with this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I heard yeah. Chuck so Berry. So it's, it's all of that. It's all of the above. Mm -hmm. I heard Chuck Berry interviewed one time, and he said that he, he would write and went, the best verse became the chorus and then he mm -hmm. would build everything else around that yeah mm -hmm. and I've had songs where I thought I had this great opening verse and then I realized that was the, that's what I really wanted to kind of repeat so that became yeah. the chorus uh -huh. yeah. 
Monica mm. Pasquale of Blame Sally told me once. Who's on your CD, I see. Yes, yes. she plays the great on um, on the moon. Mm-hmm. Her piano part on that song sounds like the stars in the sky. Mm. It's really wonderful. Monica told me when she writes, she it all has to come out at once or she abandons it. Wow. And I just thought, oh my God, I could never, I would never write a song. No, I can't. Yeah. Do, yeah. Yeah. I think I used to actually, when I was I've been writing now for about 10 years, I used to really look at, you know, at the, at the, at the end of the year, there's a crow looking over us while we're talking about three, three crows. Yeah. Hey. Um, I used to think at the end of the year, how many, how many songs did I finish this year? Cause I was first new at it. And now I realized I don't get as many, but they're usually keepers. Yeah. And like, I, I realized last year, I'm actually working on one with Steve Kritzer, but I'm, I've had three that are like written and done. Mm-hmm. And one I, I, I just wrote in January, but I really spent the year before I had this title. It's a song about aging called Tell Me Where It Hurts. And it's kind of funny, uh, but it's uh-huh. also kind of like not so funny. Mm-hmm. And I spent like, I kept coming back to it the, the previous year, like every couple of months going, I know it's a good title. I know mm-hmm. people can relate to it. And I wouldn't let it go. I could come and I, I couldn't find a way to. And finally, when I found the way to like work the chorus, mm-hmm. then I was able to write the rest of the song. Isn't that funny? I but love if how I, songs evolve. But like if that. I would have dropped the idea, it would have just went. And the other one is, um, mm-hmm. we were talking about your. You said Mexican food, and I have this mm-hmm. song about. We're outside an office and they're vacuuming. Um, about every every restaurant in town turning into a taqueria. Right. And I thought it was kind of like, what if I can rhyme things with taqueria? It ended up, I wrote this thing out. I thought it was a goof. And the guy, Dan, who's producing my new record, he goes, oh, dude, we got to record that. And I'm doing it now. It's a sing-along. Uh, of course. So if I would have thought, Yay. that's silly, I'd drop it. I would have. So I, I hang on to everything. And usually, if I won't let something go... I'm pretty sure I can do something with it eventually. So I think for mm-hmm. me it takes longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have to be organized. You have to keep all your notes somewhere. Yeah. You can go back. But I'm constantly like reinventing how I organize my songs. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. But I stopped typing. I, I kind of found too, I don't type anything until I'm kind of ready to start playing. I usually, mm-hmm. I like paper and pen. I think it's the yeah. tactile thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little, one of those moleskin they call them notebooks. Yeah. So you just write everything down. Well, Jane actually had a brilliant idea because I had th- I had three song ideas that were they, I loved them and yeah. I couldn't get the lyrics. I yeah. could not do it. I just couldn't get at it. And she said gave a trick that she used to do. She got to get buy a notebook and buy a pen that you really like. Mm. And it's fun. Yeah. yeah. It feels good. Or the, so you want to use like it. The ink. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I did that, and I got one of those astronaut pens, you know, that you go oh, right, right upside down. Yeah. And uh, makes you want to use it. Well, that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. And I wrote, I wrote the lyrics. We were renting a place up in Mendocino, and I wrote the lyrics to three songs in two days. They wow. Just came just like that, whatever that was. That yeah. did the trick. And was, David's going to start writing songs now too. That's what we hear. Over here. <laughs> 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 yeah. So this is really good for me to hear you guys talk about oh, yeah. the writing process. You know, yeah. I would really it's, like to. But every song's different. Uh-huh. I think. Right. No, At least I think for you're me. Right. It, that, that's definitely true. That, yeah. Although for me, the music comes. It's nearly always the music comes first. That's because then. you're a really good musician. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do you know Chris has a degree in ethnomusicology? Mm-hmm. From Yale? Yeah. Bula Bula. Bula Bula. Yeah. See, and for me, I've always been, you know, I kind of 
came into music late, but I've always been a writer, so I'm a lyric guy. Oh. That's that's my excuse, <laughs> and I'm constantly backfilling with little pieces of things that I learned. So. Yeah. You had a comment that I interrupted about songwriting, I think, before you took before. Oh. Oh no! I just no. Would, I would love to interview like a whole bunch of songwriters mm -hmm. about how they write songs because I just think it's fascinating. I have this podcast. With <laughs> <laughs> I think this is like my hundred and fifteenth episode. Is that right? Really? Yeah, I've been wow. doing it for five years. Wow! Wow! So, kind of on everything. So, let me ask where the where did the band name come from? Jane. Um, Springhouse. You know, I'm a triple Aquarius, so. A guy said to me, you're a triple Aquarius. He said, you're a triple Aquarius. I can't believe you're still alive. It's interesting to be. Mm -hmm. But water I really love. I just have this thing for water, mm -hmm. especially for hot springs. But I couldn't think, you know, hot springs sound stupid. <laughs> and um, I just, uh, so I just thought of springs, and I just thought of spring house and... It's a good visual. You can do a lot with it too if you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got a, a, an Americana quality to it, mm -hmm. but it's I think so. It's ambiguous enough that we can get away with playing strange, weird, strange music. Well, that's why that's why I like I like the label. I think on your website you talk. I like the I like the label Americana because it's not folk, it's not rock, it's not country, mm -hmm. it's right. not you know. It's, I don't use the word folk because it has like kumbaya connotations for <laughs> people that don't listen to this regularly but when someone says Americana I say Americana people say what's that I go it's not folk it's not da, da, da. it's lyric heavy but it's also mm -hmm. you know you can kind of go a bunch of different ways my, my favorite quote in that universe I think it was Greil Marcus the the writer talked about how the Bob Dylan's music touched that old weird America is what he said and that's, uh, that's kind of old weird old weird America and that's you know you listen to um Gillian Welsh. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what she's talking about, is that old, weird America. Yeah, and it's a lot of her songs in particular seem like they, they were written a long time ago. Yeah. This is good. Okay, cool. So right. good luck with the record. and um, Thank you. We'll you see, too. We'll see you somewhere along the line. Hope so. Yeah. Right. And so we're running a series out here in Accor I mean, I know I don't know how often you come down this far we south. We come down ah. to play there in a minute. Yeah. We'll just go in pretty much minute. anywhere because we're sort of both retired now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So our little series doesn't draw a huge crowd, but it's this... this call it retired? <laughs> it's this little venue that nobody was using, and we took it over, and we had... Well, uh, um, the, um, uh, no, the Houston... Uh, Peter Tucker was in sure. love with it. He said it was just a sweet, Never sweet mind. place. Nice. Uh, yeah. Um, so we would, I mean, we would love to come play there if you, okay. would, if you would have us. I would. Oh, what? Okay. Corralitos? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, and I will do some in Spanish. That would be cool. I have a degree in, in Spanish, and I was a, a bilingual teacher. We'll get you down. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks again. Thank you, Michael. And we'll see you sometime, either on the way, on our way to Portland. On the way to Portland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you, so when we come and do Corralitos, then give us a couple songs we can back you up on. Okay. Send us a couple. Oh, yeah. yeah I can do absolutely. that. Do you do stuff in Spanish? Um, no. I don't. Okay. But I actually have a couple of... I have my Taqueria song. And I have a new song called Stole a Small Town. At the end I go, it's, it's Stole a Small Town is the repeating chorus. And then at, at the end I tag it with, Si es un pequeño pueblo a mi. You know, uh -huh. Si es un pequeño pueblo a mi. A mi. Which is probably more Spanglish than Spanish. No, but that's good. good. I think that's good Spanish. So Google Translator does work. <laughs> no, it did work in that case. Cool. Well, thanks again. We'll see All you right. soon. Thank you. Take care. 
All right. Once again, Chris Key, Jane Selke, and David Phillips of the Trio Springhouse, whom you can find, because I didn't mention it earlier, at thespringhouse.net. Thespringhouse.net. And uh, again, it's a it's a great little it's a great little record. All records are little on because they're CDs. We don't have records anymore. It's a great it's a great record. It's a great listen on uh, some really nice acoustic music with Jane's you know really beautiful vocals and some just, there's some there's some banjo on here, pedal steel, dobro, and then Chris really gets a chance to shine on the cello. You can really hear what Chris does. So great songs and uh, always always nice to visit with Chris Key. I'm sure he'll be on the podcast again sometime soon. But check out thespringhouse.net, listen to them. And another, speaking of plugging music, that song we were talking about at the end of the interview on my record, uh, Still a Small Town, is on my new record, Starlight Drive-In, Saturday Night, which you can find at michaelgather.com. So check out michaelgather.com for both um, information about Springhouse and Cookie Marenko and her studio and everything that went into this interview. And check out my new record if you're out there browsing around too. I'd appreciate it. So coming up next on Songs of Stories, it won't be a three-month wait. I'm not going to wait either of us wait that long. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, most likely Rita Hosking, the Davis, California-based singer-songwriter who's playing all the, the great festivals around the area. She and, are, she and I are going to talk this weekend, and I'll probably also do another one with Ansi McLean, another frequent flyer to the Songs of Stories podcast. He's coming through town. Uh, to Santa Cruz this weekend on an album release party. So we'll be talking probably sometime in the afternoon, and those will be up in a couple of weeks. So however you found this podcast, whether you found it on my website at michaelgather.com or up in iTunes, or if you're listening on Grateful Dread Radio or Casey Cafe Radio back in Kansas City, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, and so are the artists that I'm hoping to showcase a little bit because they're they're really cool people and people should know about them so uh we'll talk to you next time on songs and stories i'm michael gaither thanks again for your time take care